Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio. For woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. Hooray! It's episode 99 for June 14th, 2012. On today's show, we've got a little mix of emails and voicemails and around the web stuff and just a, a bunch of things and a bunch of other things. We don't really have a good plan for today, but there's plenty of stuff packed in there, so we'll, we'll get to some of that. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with us? Absolutely. As always, folks, there's a few different ways you can get a hold of us. If you ever have a comment, a question, or a suggestion about something that you've heard in today's show or maybe something you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode, email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 623-242-5180. You could Skype us. Just look for us at woodtalkonline, and you could even check out our individual sites. Shannon's over at renaissancewoodworker.com, Mark's at thewoodwhisperer.com, and Matt's at mattsbasementworkshop.com. And especially look for us in the forum over at woodtalkonline.com, where you'll find all sorts of debauchery happening well not really debauchery that's the wrong word maybe i mispronounced that what is that debauchery? i Never try not mind. to All say right. that word <laughs> mostly we'll just move on to that one okay. so what do you guys think of our new announcer i think he's awesome he's like a motivational speaker he it's the same <laughs> voice we use for the review show and i was looking through my old files and uh I was just kind of getting bored of the intro and I was like, oh, wait, what's this? So back when I had the intro for the review show and that chick do that that voice spot, I had him do the spots for Wood Talk as well because I wasn't sure whether I, which one I wanted to go with. And uh, I started listening to it. And I'm like, you know, I think I like that better. I want to put that one in there. So so he's there for now until maybe, yeah. I don't know, I'll get Nicole to record another one. Maybe we'll just rotate them every week. There you uh, go. I, I feel motivated to turn around my life in nine easy steps. <laughs> you, you can certainly do that. Just uh, send me fifty nine ninety nine. I'll, I'll give you everything you need. <laughs> With a free juicer. <laughs> All right. 
Oh man, so let's uh, let's jump into what's on the bench. It's been a little bit of, a, a little time has gone by. We didn't meet our our two week every two week obligation because I was out of town teaching, and you guys tried to pull it off, but schedules just did not allow it to happen. Yeah, Matt's um, dumb family got in the way. Still, yeah, family. it was like that whole eighth grade graduation and you know all that stuff going on. I mean, I tried to give in some that you know it's probably going to happen again. But then I, that totally came out the wrong way. I meant to say that, you know, our son's eventually going to be in eighth grade and, you know, I, I won't miss that one. But some people took a little anger to that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, what's with these graduations anyway? Like I'm on Facebook and I see friends of mine with kids who are graduating from like preschool to kindergarten yeah, and, kindergarten, and they're, they're walking down and like they have their little piece of paper that's wrapped as if it's a diploma. I'm like, what is going on with these graduations? What are we graduating from here? It's weird. Yeah, I, we have our pictures from that. Didn't you get the invitations for uh, um, our open house when uh, Aiden graduated? I, I thought I got that out. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Hmm, um, interesting. I don't know. Weird. Uh, anyways, post grad party. So in the uh, in that time frame, what uh, what's been on the bench, Shannon? It's been a while. Well, I this past weekend started a little colonial corner cabinet, and that's just cool. And do you fun have to put cause... it in the corner, or can you put it elsewhere? No, you can't put this cabinet in a corner. Would it just be weird somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, it would look a little weird if it wasn't in a corner. Okay. But it and is can, cool. You know, you 22 only and a half degree things? bevels. What? I missed that. Can you only fill it with colonial things? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Nice. Or the anachronism police come after you. <laughs> Ooh, big word. Anyway, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, how often do you get to do 22 and a half degree bevels? So that's kind of fun. Not often enough, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, what was it? Two or three episodes ago, I started talking about this idea. I wanted to try building a spring pole lathe, and I did start that. And uh, it's just kind of funny because I salvaged all this um, really weathered and grayed sapili from like the graveyard in the back of the lumberyard. Right. It's all 10 quarter and some eight quarter stuff that's, you know, checked and just looks like crap. And once you put it through the planer, it's like, surprise, pretty wood. And it's, it's just beautiful stuff, but it's harder than rock. And, uh, yeah, I used the bandsaw. <laughs> Ten quarter? You don't want to cut that by hand? Come on, man. Well, I mean, I've admitted long ago the 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 thickness planer. That's always you know that that's become part of the process. There's yeah, you know, you can mill it by hand. I know how. I don't need to prove it to anybody anymore. Or turn on the thickness planer. But I, you know, I, I like hand sawing. It's kind of fun. But you know, I started cutting with the bow saw, and I'm like, this is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Fire up the 14 inch bandsaw, cutting through eight quarter sapili. Um, so yeah, the the uh, the frame, if you will, all the parts are cut to shape and the little curves and all the fun stuffs in. So I'm going to start hopefully uh, chopping mortises for the 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 ways on it this weekend and then i gotta go and try to find some hardware for the live centers and everything but it's nice. uh it's, it's kind of cool nice. are fun. you looking um, forward to it are you filming this or oh yeah yeah okay. absolutely is it free site or hand tool school oh yeah site? yeah yeah because the the idea is i'm going to build a treadle lathe for the hand tool school oh, okay um and um it just seemed like kind of a cool well honestly marketing ploy <laughs> can you possibly <laughs> do can... a spring pole lathe here hey if you want to learn how to build a treadle lathe can, um, I, I have a, an idea. You have to name the episode "Don't Treadle on Me." Oh boy! How's oh that? boy! Come on, that was good. You know wow. it. You both I'm, know it. Let's I just... think I'm going to call it this. Joiners jumping. <laughs> <That's>, don't <laughs> do that. That's lame. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> whenever I think of that, that the name of just the spring pole lathe, for some reason, I just have this image of you walking outside, grabbing a low-hanging limb, and just tying something onto that. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a tree in your yard either. It's like the neighbor two doors <laughs> down. You're like, this limb's low enough. And so the neighbor's like, damn it, that, that Renaissance guy's out in our yard again. Get out of here. You kids, get off my lawn. Spring pole reminds me a cool of... way to open the whole episode, you know? <laughs> like just like be. go around the neighborhood and like tie a rope to some branches. And no, that's not good enough. This tree's too big. This tree's too small. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me of. Um, it reminds me of like I, I just had this vision of Shannon holding a long ribbon around a pole and dancing around it. That's <laughs> a maypole. That's a maypole, a though, maypole, right? Yes. <laughs> that that'll be in the bloopers at the end of the episode. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh, great! All right, Matt, what's on your bench, brother? Well, the big thing for me is actually it's things that have been on the bench and then off the bench, then back on the bench, then off the bench again because. If anybody remembers back uh, at the beginning of the year, maybe it was the end of last year, we talked about our New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. And one of mine was to actually kind of rearrange my shop a little bit more to make it more efficient. Maybe I'll actually get in and start doing some projects. But more importantly, I'll finally be able to find a home for all the piles of stuff that I always hid when I was filming. Awesome. So that's what I've been doing. And, and to be quite honest with you, it seemed like a much more daunting task than it really has turned out to be. And I, I've attempted to film as much of this as possible with as little special effects as possible also in the process. <laughs> no green screens. Like, exactly. Yeah. No, there's nothing here. I've completely minimalized the entire, you know, the shop kind the of a thing. The whole shop is just white. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm using the pole and the uh, the neighbor's uh, uh, limb hanging down. I'm going to use that for my uh, my treadle saw. Um, but anyway, so I, I've had a chance to do that and move things around. And in the process of kind of rearranging things, you have that moment where it's like, why do I even have, why am I holding on to this? Why, why do I need eight of these things right. and stuff like yeah. that? So there's really been like this hardcore spring cleaning that's been happening uh, in the basement workshop. So cool. it's kind of nice because I suddenly have this moment I walk in and I don't feel overwhelmed, which oftentimes even after I've cleaned the shop, I still feel really overwhelmed uh, previously. So now I actually feel as if I can get in there and do something. But in the process also of kind of getting ready, rid of things, we just recently had the uh, neighborhood garage sale. I'm sure everybody has this experience once in a while where the whole entire neighborhood gets together, pitches in, and it looks like a, a, like Woodstock or something. There's people roaming all over the place. We even had one neighbor who was selling like uh, uh, shaved ice. My kids spent all their money on that. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I spent some of my money too. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have grape? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, was, it was a watermelon flavor. Who's had watermelon flavored <laughs> shaved ice before? That was that, that one blew me away. Really I go good. down for a second. That sounds good. Um, but, so that's where a, a bunch, of, a bunch of my stuff went out for the garage sale for that. So it's kind of nice to get rid of a few things. I'm sorry to anybody that bought the stuff. Um, I swear it's not as bad as you really don't, think it is. Don't those things scare you a little bit though? We have them in our neighborhood once in a while, and I avoid it because it's like. It just makes me feel like, hey, everybody, look at my stuff. And this is the stuff I'm getting rid of. So, you know, the stuff I have inside the house has to be better. Okay, Mr. Thief, come on in and, uh, you know, give it a shot when I'm not here. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe a little, maybe that's my new, <laughs> Trenton, New Jersey thinking, but. You got to stop smoking the paranoid weed, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I've got a, you know, ADT system on my, uh, on my house and uh, two big dogs and I still don't feel that safe. It's uh it's pro <laughs> it's definitely a problem. I should see someone about. Yeah. I, I've seen enough pictures of your dogs. 
I don't. <laughs> They're not going to be biting there's anybody. There's a really going on there. Dude, <laughs> speaking as the owner of a completely useless bag of fur myself, yeah, it's not much of a deterrent. Hey, let me tell you, when my uh, Doberman, when she lifts that cheek up, you ever see a Doberman do that? I don't care how fat they are. Oh, yeah. You don't yes. want to be on the receiving end of, of that, that sort of uh, attention. That, that's not good. Yeah. Anyway. See, my, my yeah. dog greets people at the door with like a giant overstuffed dolphin toy. So it's really, <laughs> it's, me. it's kind me. of not the, you know, it's like putting out the welcome mat. You know? <laughs> my name is Alex. Come Pet on me. in. Pet me. Be my friend. <laughs> oh, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, though, that most people that have uh, have been anywhere near my house knows that probably the good stuff actually did go out. So <laughs> We're getting rid of the good so. stuff. Keep yeah, the so they're like, we're not worried about that house. We're going to skip that one. Have you seen their bikes? Mm-mm, no, nice. we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, and then the other thing with that, though, is as things are going out, my, my kids decided they wanted to raise money for to get new bikes. And so I suddenly discovered a few pieces of furniture that I handcrafted for them were sitting outside with price tags on them. <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding. They actually were. And what they did sold. they, what did, I'm curious, what was the value of one of your pieces? Um, let's see here. Like the, uh, it was sold for $40 and it was a solid cherry, um, uh, desk that I built for my daughter. It was like one of those kind of secretary <laughs> ones where the, the desk flips down and that's terrible. Know. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. That's they because you told her you would go to, you told her you'd go to Aiden's graduation and not hers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably exactly. I didn't think about that. She was a little, a little peeved about that. So yeah, so that's, there was things like that. And there was one, there was one neat thing for me was there was a fight over a table that I had built and it was just supposed to be a little display table for uh, when my wife goes to trade shows, something I made out of, out of uh, plywood. I did it in just a few minutes. It was kind of a collapsible thing. I never considered it to be anything spectacular, uh, but there was literally a fight at the cash box. Uh, and this lady's like, I bought it and I wanted to get into a bidding war. Like, okay, I will give you $5 more. And I'm like, keep going, keep going. And she's like, oh no, I'm done. And she walked away and I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I can make another one, not for that price, but I can make you another one. <laughs> nice. So, but that's, that's pretty much the, the big thing for me is cleaning out the shop and nobody will ever recognize it. So nice. that's, that's been a lot of fun. That's cool. But anyway, so what do you got going on, Mark? I actually just got back from, uh, I mentioned it earlier, the uh, class in Anaheim at the William Ng School. That is Ooh. always a treat. Like whether I'm, I'm teaching or taking a class there, it's always like a good battery recharger just mentally. Um, it's a little bit weird being away from the, the kid. It was the first time I've uh, left the family since he was born. <laughs> so that was a little weird. But, um, you know, technology to the rescue. We got to I got to read him his bedtime story over Skype. Uh, not every night, but mostly every night. Um, but uh, anyway, the uh, class the itself. table saw that could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I didn't have the, the uh, like his storybook with me. So I downloaded some really horrible, stupid story <laughs> online. And it, I didn't really preview it ahead of time. So I was just kind of reading as I went. <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. Never do that again. Uh, but anyway, this class was was really good. Um, the, the classes there at the school are um, they sort of uh, go in that green and green direction, a lot of Asian influence stuff and, and modern designs. Um, so it's right up my alley and the stuff that I'm actually interested in, in not only teaching, but also learning myself. Um, so the students there were great, had a bunch of uh, really good guys in the class. Um, only two people finished and the Adirondack chair is, is difficult to, to get done in five days. Um, green and green project, you could spend the entire last day on just cutting, placing, and finessing ebony plugs. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, possibly more. I mean, that's that's on a simple project. 
uh, you know, so you lose a day to that. And uh, despite having some stuff pre-milled, um, it just took a long time. So pretty much everybody had all the machining uh, and shaping done that they needed to do, but they would have to do a little bit of ebony ebony plug work at home and do the final assembly uh, in their home shops. But it, it was just awesome because one of the guys in the class had no woodworking experience at all, ever. He was just, you know, some guy from L.A. that decided he wanted to take a week's vacation, uh, saw the project, thought it would be nice to build and, and take home and, and show what he did. And he was one of the guys who finished. Right on. Yeah. That's you awesome. Know? And it was like, wow, this is great. And, and the coolest part of it is that on the last day, you know, this guy's got an apartment. He doesn't have any space to do any of this work. He doesn't have sandpaper at home. He doesn't have anything. So a bunch of the guys, uh, and including me, we kind of made a little assembly line of ebony plug production to, to make sure this guy got all of his plugs done and installed so that he could actually go home with the chair. And I, I mean, I don't know very many communities or environments where you might see that type of thing where everyone has paid the, the same amount of money to take this class, but you've actually got a couple of the people sacrificing their own time uh, to help someone else finish because they know that he doesn't have a shop at home. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I, I think some of the welders would just stand by and watch the person suffer uncontrollably. Just you know, eat a they, sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Like, see, <laughs> I'm on that, break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So yeah, so that was, that was very uh, good for the soul, you know, to see something like that. And uh, in addition to that, I came home and uh, I've kind of leaked it out that I'm losing my shop here real soon and get, getting ready for another shop move. Um, so I have a limited amount of time that I can actually get things done. So the project that I had in process was that little step stool sitting bench uh, dealie that, I, that I'm making, and mm-hmm. I need to finish that up. So uh, I spent the last few days shaping and sanding and uh, getting getting those two step stools done and filmed and finally at the point that I can apply the finish and do the last uh, couple of segments for the video and it'll be hopefully released on the, the free site within the next few weeks so looking forward to that. Sweet. Yeah, it's good. Right on. It's good no, stuff. I want to know exactly when is the move happening so that I can come and just watch all the movement going on because uh, after that last one where the table saw almost fell off the, the was that the last one or the that one was the last, that? no, that was the last one. Yeah. That's I, a good I, I, plan. Matt, for like summer vacation, I hear Mark has two Adirondack chairs. I do. It's just like, <laughs> I do, we you just guys. crack open some beer or, or grape soda, excuse me. Yeah, and yeah. Just sit there and watch. That'd be awesome. That, that works for me. I, I just like want to see the panic across Mark's face. <laughs> you know what? I'm so over that. Like just knowing that someone else is moving it and it's insured. And if they break anything, it's, you know, it's on them. But, um, you know, this is kind of the saga at this point. So the house uh, that the shop is in is is sold. Well, sort of. It hasn't closed yet. So obviously nothing is done until closing. Uh, but everything looks like it's 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 going well. So I have pretty much until the 27th. And that is the date that I have to be absolutely out of there. So here's the problem. I don't have a new place to go. I've got my current garage here at the house. Um, I have two choices. I either stuff it with tools and literally like pack the entire thing with every tool that I own, making the space completely unusable, or I pay for storage and I get the stuff moved into storage, uh, in which case I can still maybe take my workbench, some hand tools, some of my Festool stuff, and I could probably still get some things done uh, in this space here. 
Well, the problem and on, is, and on season four of Storage Wars, there'll be. Oh, he's just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Before power we take the lock off, with flames on it. All on we can, storage wars. All we can Man, tell you is this guy was a woodworker. Jared, get that one. <laughs> yeah, this this uh, that could be uh, quite a find for somebody. <laughs> um, but the thing is, they I have to make a decision here because if I move it to a storage unit, not only am I paying for storage, but I'm also paying for these uh, these guys to move it twice. It's got to be moved into the storage unit and then moved out and back into the shop when the time comes. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure what I want to do. But um, but the shop at this point, we have HOA approval and we're waiting on city um, permits at this point. If we get those, the project is green lighted and then it's however long it takes the builder to to build the shop. So what is your your <clears throat> current garage look like? I mean, I'm trying to remember... Because the the old house is the one you put in like the new wall and yep. all the new cabinets and all that fun stuff, right? Yeah, where the garage was already pretty flipping, right. Flipping I'm big. trying to remember before you moved back to the old shop, mm-hmm. you had a new shop in the new house. Yeah, it's just a, a general, pretty standard three car garage where there's the two car garage side and the one car garage side. Okay. Um, so there's really nothing fancy about it. Certainly for most people's needs, that's probably enough. But, you know, right. uh, when you've got all the tools and everything in a, you know, your current setup, that's. Yeah. And I, and I did that for a while. You know, I that's how I, I survived for probably, what, a year and a half um, when we first moved here. And it was OK. You know, I'm like, I, I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea where I'm complaining, because that's for a lot of people. That's a crap load of space, you know, a three car garage. Um, but at, at this point in my career and, and needing as much flexibility and the ability to bring tools in, uh, to build any size project I want to, to have space. I mean, you guys know as well as I do filming, uh, and trying to orchestrate video in a very tight space is just a pain in the butt. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, there's oftentimes I wish I had six more inches to move that tripod back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's right. It's always up in your grill. And you know, so, so if I can get more space, you know, and just kind of have a, a, a space that's the, the ultimate place for me to, to do what I, what I do best. Um, I would love to have that. So, uh, you know, it's not good for your ego when the wide angle lens can't capture all of you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been Truly. the story of my life for a long time. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm, I'm thinking you should just get one of those uh, big tents that you can put out front, you know, that uh, people store their boats underneath it. You <laughs> okay. can just get there that, maybe put some sides on it, and then really test to see how well your neighbors are. Like, what's the security in the area? Who's honest? Who's not? Yeah, and you know you what? And I'd, have a, I'd immediately have a fine from the HOA for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had my trailer. Uh, I just have a little um, cargo trailer that I use for, for various things. And um, I parked that in my driveway for like three days and got a letter. So it's, wow. they don't mess around <laughs> around here. Wow. Uh, yeah. So well, anyway, I guess the good news is, is with the HOA, you know, comparable to the Third Reich, the city should be pretty easy. Then right? you would hope you would hope. I mean, they, the city simply has a set of rules, you know, so we just have to make sure the plans abide by those rules and we should be fine. So right. I'm, I'm actually code or something. like that. Yeah, right? exactly. It's all code. And I'm going to uh, pretty much document as much of this as I can. Uh, not necessarily because I think I can, you know, teach people how to build a shop. But I think it's just an interesting experience to know if, if you're interested in going through this. Uh, in an area like this, you know, a neighborhood, you're going to have a lot of things to consider. And, and this is just kind of the journey we're going to go on. So um, you have uh, you you went so far as to get plans and everything made before when yeah. this, yep. before you move back to the old shop, right? Correct. Yeah. 
So that stuff's already done. That's cool. Somewhat, because they, they weren't complete. You know, they were just working diagrams. And, of course, the new builder and that, you know, that architect, I don't even know what that person's doing anymore. So the new builder needs current, accurate plans. So I had to pay again to have them remade uh, with, with the current information that we have at this point. So it's, right. it's an, you know, and that's the other thing. Once all this is done, then it's like, oh, yeah, we have to pay for this. <laughs> so, oh, oh crap i can't get this for free <laughs> no. so well, you, could, you could go the the one route which I, I no offense to people from jersey but i don't a lot of people will just go ahead and just start building and be like what's the worst that's going to happen they're going to say no i gotta tear it down <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst thing that's going to happen is i get repeatedly fined over and over and <laughs> yeah. over until i change whatever's uh, wrong so you know you laugh matt but that actually happens <laughs> yes i'm very aware <laughs> of it <laughs> we, we had a we had a truck logo of, of teak show up in the hand this week and the uh the truck was met by like the city inspector <laughs> like, you got to turn that around and take it back this site's not ready to go or like uh no <laughs> no sorry <laughs> it's their problem now we delivered it they own it and we're not taking that back so wow wow and, and it just blows you away especially when someone's spending that kind of money on that kind of high-end material they don't have their permits in place yeah that's crazy <laughs> Uh, permits are a pain but you know you want to do it right and and buy the book you just you got to do what you got to do yep so either way guys i don't know what i'm doing this summer um i mean how fast can this building go up i can't imagine it being done any sooner than three months you know from the point that we say let's do this um you know and there's a lot of finish work to make it hoa approved so you know this is not just throw up a a steel building and call it done this thing has to look oh yeah i didn't think about that it has to like look like your house and everything absolutely yeah full stucco tile on the top it's the patios have to tie into one another so this is an expensive project i mean uh, this is this is a major major investment in in the the company which (laughs) i haven't done anything uh to this you know how how much do i believe in myself I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to say you're going to have to start believing now. <laughs> I, might, I might need to believe in myself at this point. Um, so, Maybe yeah. You should I, change I, the theme song to Do You Believe in Magic? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, one thing I'm thinking for uh, what can you do in, in the meantime, kind of a thing. Let's do this where it could be much like uh, kind of like an improv show, and people just throw out um, a tool. A material, yeah. <laughs> um, and then a project idea, I do and then we'll just it. go go, and then you have to film it. Maybe this would be a live thing, and then people can like make uh, <laughs> donations at that point. Like he did that really good. All right, there's an extra dollar. Let's go throw that. Yeah, that would be kind dance, of dance, monkey dance. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, do something for. Well, screw charity. I need I need the money to pay for the yeah, shop. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it. How many videos have you done? You know, where you specifically didn't use the drum sander, or right. didn't use the big table saw, because you know all the criticism you get with, oh, well, you've got every tool under the sun. Right, you know, right. the Norm Abrams criticism. I mean, you did that whole entertainment center what with like a circular saw and a chisel yeah all, well, almost <laughs> yeah, exactly. not i wasn't quite that uh, dramatic but <laughs> yeah, just basic you know handheld power tools router drill circular saw um uh, you know that was really about it i mean there wasn't you much do a to whole it. series of videos you can call it mark can do that <laughs> yeah popular woodworking wouldn't first. be upset about that at all <laughs> or, or maybe you could uh people who have uh smaller shops can say this is what i have in mind you can only use this now go <laughs> and once again kind of the improv that would be that would almost just for the comedy's sake of yeah, it would seriously. be hilarious <laughs> that's I, a, I think i that. might have to do that it'll be just a whole summer series that we'll do <laughs> from the middle would the minimalist money to see that so yeah. let's do it the minimalist yeah, you, workshop you could get Tom to generate all the surveys for you and uh, <laughs> you know, pick these four, pick four tools. Go. Here we go. Pile of pallet wood, screwdriver, go. 
<laughs> okay, I'm on it. And then each week they can change. They can take one of the tools out and be like, "Man, he's getting a lot of good stuff out of that screwdriver. Let's swap <laughs> that out with a can opener." Right. Oh crap, that would be good. All right. Well, enough about me and my uh, shop dilemmas. It'll it'll be quite an adventure. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's go into the around the web segment where we give you guys an idea of some of the cool stuff that we found. And I'm just gonna. Uh, blow through the four that I threw in here. First of all, I did a little uh, conversation with Andrew over at Ravenheart Renditions about finishing. So we talked to, he had some questions about HVLP, spray finishing. I, I, he just got an Erlex turbine, so he wanted to know uh, just some basic information just to kind of make it a little bit less, excuse me, intimidating. So I'll give you guys the link to that. And uh, that was a, actually a very good one. I think you answered some really great questions, and it came at a great time for me, too, because I also now have an Erlex. Ooh, so when I heard that hey, one going up, I was like, hmm. Erlex, what do you I'll get? i have to pay attention. The 5500? buddies. Er, Erlex brothers. <laughs> chink, chink. Uh, let's see. So, so wait, that's already posted? Why did I think you just recorded that, like, last night? Well, it was almost, like, last night. I think it was... Uh, Tuesday, and he had it posted on Wednesday. So he's, right, he's somebody's got to tell these new podcasters to slow down. Slow down, guys! Come <laughs> on, you're making us look bad. Post production times at least a week. Yeah, put some <laughs> put some more editing into it. It doesn't need it, but just put some more into it. All right. Uh, so the next one is um, this. Actually, is a little video tour from our buddy Vic over at uh, the Tumblewood blog, tumblewood.blogspot.com, and I'll put the full link into the show notes. Uh, he did a little video tour. And Vic has been, um, he's an interesting character to watch, you know, just because of his experience with the online community. Uh, His first project gets put into Fine Woodworking's Reader's Gallery, and he's been building his shop as kind of an ongoing thing for the past couple of years. So it's been quite an adventure to watch him go through this process. So uh, he finally gave this little video tour, which is actually really, you know, good. I don't know if he recorded it with his phone or, or what, but uh, he gives you a really good tour of of, uh, of the entire shop, his justification for things, and he's always open to ideas for areas he can improve stuff. But it's it's just great to see a really nice, well lit, dedicated space like that. So and the shop is awesome, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Like all the all the air duct piped under because Vic says it several times. I mean, he's totally OCD about dust. And oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he like does the white glove test on like the prime molding after like two years <laughs> and there's like no dust. It's yeah. like, that's just, that's like borderline sick, but so cool. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, totally. And he's, and he's good, you know, with the energy conservation and stuff like that. It's just fun to see people geek out about uh, different aspects of, of things like that. And, and dust is certainly, if you're going to geek out about something, uh, good dust collection and uh, dust prevention is is kind of a good thing to do as a woodworker. Right. So hey. his first project shows up in the Fine Woodworking Gallery. Now we're going to see him in the Tools and Shops version. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, his workbench will be in there. And uh, <laughs> All right. So the other link I have is uh, registration for IWF Atlanta is opening up. That's coming up in August, the 22nd through the 25th. And you could uh, register now. I'm not going to make it to that one. I've kind of, I don't know, guys, I'm over those shows. The, the AWFS and IWF, it's just after you do a couple of them, it's just not that fun anymore. Like meeting people is the best part of it. Um, right. But it's such a in, deep industry show that it just kind of lost its luster a little bit. And I just don't even feel the motivation to go to these things anymore. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, if you want to <laughs> register, <laughs> <laughs> because you'll have so much fun there, it'll blow your mind. You won't believe the things you'll see and the experiences you'll have. <laughs> oh, what a great intro. Anyway, sponsored by IWF. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one prompted me to, to say that. So I just kind of thought, well, you know, I, I got to tell you, though, because I work for an industry company that does a lot of these builder shows and things. Yeah. Um, 
we stopped going to AWFS and IWF like five years ago. Okay. So yeah, it's, I mean, well, unfortunately the, the, trade shows in general are, are dying. Yeah. It's, it was it's so tough. 2007. Except for like social media trade shows, like blog world just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, next one, last one. This is actually on my site. Uh, well now I'll give you the link to the direct link is uh, desert wood turning roundup has also opened uh, registration that is in here in Arizona and it's actually not till 2013. So this is a little bit early, uh, but the registration just opened now and you'll um, let's see who the, I don't have this link here, but David Marks is going to be there and a whole list of other people who turn stuff. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to, I don't remember all their names, but it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, so if you're in, the, if you're in the Southwestern U S area, it's probably something you want to take a little road trip to. Um, so yeah, that's coming in 2013 and who else has Very some cool. links in here? Okay. I, I put up one. Uh, I, just the other day I had a conversation with Rob Hansen over at the, uh, Evan Falls studios. Uh, he makes some, uh, really unique, uh, shooting boards and some other, uh, benchtop, uh, accessories kind of a thing. But one thing that really got me and I'm going to, I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm working with him to get some stuff on spoken wood podcast. Cause I like some of his blog posts that he has going up. And I think a lot of people would get stuff from it, but you know how Google has the, all the, the books that you can download. They're like in the, the free domain or whatever it is public domain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob also happens to have over at his website, uh, a collection over of over 175 complete books on woodworking and related topics of interest to woodworking. Wow. Um, the books are all in the public domain, uh, at least in the States. So he, he did say something about, you know, outside of the States, uh, you might want to double check to see if it's okay. What, you know, if you can download them or not, but they're downloadable as eBooks, uh, it's PDF and HTML formats, and there's there's just a ton of really neat things over there. So I think uh, if you're looking on it for some topics, uh, it's definitely something to check out. I think it's pretty neat. Cool. Free education. And, and, and I got to tell you, and call this an impromptu around the web insertion, but the the link is uh, evenfallstudios.com slash woodworks underscore library. And when I read that, I thought, sweet, they're publishing David Marks' show. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, and, and as I, I just saw somewhere on woodtalkonline.com that I think, aren't they, David said something about he's in conversations to maybe put it out on DVD. Is that a rumor or, well, I, I just saw it in, in the, um, the, uh, RSS feed, the yeah. aggregator for, uh, would talk online. Someone posted in the forum that, and the, you know, when you look at in the, the aggregator, you can't see who published it, who the author is. <laughs> right, right. So actually, I thought maybe Mark, it was you, but um, I, uh, I do know things okay. of, <laughs> of, which, things. of which I am not, uh, I do not have permission to discuss. Okay. Uh, but well, yes, let's the, just say, hey, if the Woodwright shop is going to be out on DVD, <laughs> come on, David. He's, let's, cool. let's put it this way he is working on it and the machine is in motion. That so, way we so, can watch that turtle toy box over and over oh, and dude. over. Dude, I saw that thing in person, by the way, and I touched it and I caressed that turtle's little face, and, uh, and I and, took a big long drag off I said, the duty. <laughs> I said, "Oh, good stuff, David." <laughs> <Turtle> <laughs> Just like toy that. Box. <laughs> uh, and I said, "Can I has it?" And he said, "No." <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, woodworks, woodworks uh, I actually link in. Um, Peter Galbert, he's a Windsor chair maker, a very cool guy because he's he's very innovative in, in what is really a very traditional woodworking form. You know, Windsor chairs are mostly made by hand because there's really not a commercial way to do it. So it's right. it's a very green woodworking, set up a tent in the woods type 
you know, and, and whittle. That's the, the style hey, of woodworking. That's just but my Peter, style. Peter's really good at kind of integrating modern techniques. He's, he's used lasers for like aligning the uh, drill alignment to get the splay of the legs just right. He's built all kinds of cool little jigs and things to help you do it. And several months ago, he started talking about the idea of building this adjustable head shaving horse. And it's this cool little ratchet thing that allows you – it just sits in like this sawtooth ratchet thing Mm -hmm. and allows you to clamp different thicknesses in the shaving horse. Well, he's actually just put out a video on YouTube uh, maybe it was today or even yesterday and he's actually going to do the full build on YouTube. Um, It's just a really, really cool design of like an ancient woodworking tool. The shaving horse has been around forever and you know it's just so cool to see somebody take something like that and completely turn it on its head and you know he's got all kinds of cool stuff like that and he started making um travishers he's got this really cool caliper thing used for turning that you can just hold it right up and it gives you the measurement and everything i don't know i just kind of like that it's one of the reasons i continue to buy from veritas you know because they come up with these cool innovative ideas for old tools so new spin i'm looking forward to that i think i'm actually going to build that shaving horse because it's just cool cool sweet yeah i know uh, uh peter shows up at a uh, highland woodworking at least once a year for a, a windsor chair build and it's one of those i always want to go down there but somehow uh, it always seems to come around right at- i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. After I use up all my vacation time. Um, so, so much for that. <laughs> well, I'm long overdue for building a shaving horse. I've built uh, a couple of Windsor chairs now, and I, you know, end up like clamping it in your vice, and then you got to unclamp the vice and turn the thing at like an eighth of a turn, the spindle, and hit it with the, the shave. I actually built a little jig, call it a shave pony, that like attaches to your bench vice. Uh, and it, it just, it's not the same. Not so, cutting it. Um, I keep hoping. You know, it's kind of like workbenches. You know, which workbench model should I build? It's kind of the same way with shaving horses. There's just so many different ones out there, and the bad ones will like make your legs go numb <laughs> if you don't design it right. You know, and you'll get like lower back pains and things like that. So you there's need, a lot um, to consider. You need and, the Maloof inspired shaving horse. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Think on that. But anyway, well, you know, and that's kind of what peter's all about you know right, he's, right. he's very much an ergonomics because a guy who actually builds windsors for a living so anyway there you go. I thought that was kind of cool and a different flavor from some of the stuff we've talked about nice very cool all right we got a couple of emails here um some of these are a little bit old matt did you put these in here uh i put the last couple of them in there okay well um, that first one is one from last week we should probably address that from chris yeah. right yeah uh, absolutely do you, you want to go ahead yeah, and read that let's go ahead and do this it says wait 
I wanted to get your opinion on a possible resolution to a problem that I have. The problem I have is that I don't have an indoor space to build a workbench, and the table that I use to pot plants is getting destroyed by racking forces. I would like to build a bench, but because of space issues, it will need to stay outside 24-7, 365 in south-central Pennsylvania with all of its seasonal extremes. The bench could have a tarp draped over it, and there's a smallish overhang near where this would most likely be, but that is about it for cover or shelter. Of the woodworkers that I have talked to about the subject, most don't have an answer. The only answer that didn't involve the phrases, that's a tough one, or move, <laughs> involves building a base out of cider and having a top of white cider. oak. Cedar. Oh, cedar. He's not building a base out of apple Sorry, cider. Sorry, this, this ginger beer is really cider. making That does sound cider. delicious. <laughs> what a delicious bench. So the, so the only answers that didn't involve the phrases, that's a tough one, or move, involved building a base out of cedar and having a top out of white oak. If you have any thoughts of a route I might be able to take, let me know. And that was from Chris Spack. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, Chris, you had some cider while writing some about hard, the cedar. Hard cider. I, getting that. Well, let, let, me, uh, let me be the first to say, that's a tough one. That's, <laughs> I, I think you just move. That might be a good one. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. I disagree because <laughs> South Central Pennsylvania is like 20 minutes from me. East so side. I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear right. South Central. It just it makes me think of gang wars and stuff, but... Um, well, I mean, what, what can he possibly do? First of all, it's outside. I mean, there's only so much he can do, you know, other than covering it and making sure it's, you know, got a fairly protective finish and using woods that are, you know, uh, resistant to decay and would do okay outside anyway. Um, can he build what we would consider as, you know, like the kind of benches that we might have in our shops? You think he should or could build one of those and it would do okay in those conditions? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, if if it's covered it's, and and fairly well protected, it, it it may certainly degrade a little bit faster than than someone else's bench might. And well, well, here's the key: don't buy kiln dried wood. Use air dried wood, um, specifically exterior grade air dried wood. In other words, Douglas fir. There you go. Get Douglas fir. I mean, timber framers use Douglas fir to build houses. Um, houses are exposed to the elements. Now, granted, you may put, you know, most good timber frame homes, you know, they're not putting a lot of siding and things over top of them, but they use an air dried, usually 15 to 18% moisture content uh, timber, and it does just fine. I mean, the, the, the ambient moisture around here and, and when it's dry, you know, my, the wood in my shop um, can settle around 10 to 11%. Um, but if you put like a deck or something outside, you want it to be around 18%. And it won't, because it's air dried, you know, the kiln tends to harden the lignin fibers a little bit. Air dried stuff's a little bit spongier. It just allows you to pick up and drop moisture without causing checking as much. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, Douglas fir is an exterior grade wood to begin with. If he builds it out of air dried Doug fir, the whole thing, legs, top, everything, um, you know, put a finish on it, put a, uh, some sort of, um, uh, protective finish. Use like a decking something, you know, Thompson's water seal or Ipe oil or something like that. Um, and, um, you know, just be diligent. I think of putting a tarp over it. That's going to be the hard part. You don't want it like, you know, snow sitting on it and, <laughs> yeah. you know, try to clear the snow off. Yeah, the no, tarp no standing happens. liquid, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, do maybe you think... what would probably be a good idea is take like some just cheap two by fours from home Depot and build like, um, like a frame, like an A-frame type thing that he can slide over top of the bench and then slide the tarp over it so the water runs off the tarp. Yeah, and you get good air exchange under there. 
Right, exactly. Um, maybe but, some I mean, feet or something too, wood. to keep it off the ground too. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Or um, you know what I wanted to ask you? You did something, I think it was in the guild. You used a, an epoxy finish, yeah. exterior finish. Mm-hmm. But what if you just took like a two-part epoxy, like a West Systems, and just put that on the end grain of the legs, on the bottom of the feet? I did that actually on the bottom of my Adirondack chairs uh, for that right. for that very reason. I mean, you basically make them impenetrable to moisture and right. that, that nothing can sort of wick up the leg of the, the chair. So same concept for the bench. Sure. Uh, the problem I would have with the, the, the Doug Fur, what are the chances that he's ever going to have a flat workbench? I mean, yeah, obviously there's a little flexibility, but anytime I've made anything out of construction-grade lumber of any type, uh, you know, kiln-dried or otherwise, the stuff definitely likes to move on you, you know? So sure. is, is flatness just something he might have to uh, get over not having the level of flatness we expect <laughs> from a workbench sometimes? Right. I mean, I, I don't, is there any way to, to kind of maintain that? Does it... You know, in a workbench, sort of monolithic slab situation, will it eventually just calm down a little bit? So, yeah, it might move a little bit, but then you're going to flatten it again and and everything just calms down. I've never done it with that type of thing, so I'm wondering if it would settle down at some point. Well, I'm wondering if maybe he could just add that to his list of things that he has to do in the spring, like, you know, clean the the gutters out, (laughs) uh, trim the bushes back a little bit, flatten the workbench, uh, uh, you know, tune up the lawnmower and go from there. Yeah, he's going to have to do it at least yearly, no doubt about well, it. Well, you know, there's something to that. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Well, heck, Mark, you could build that router jig you used, and once it's built, you know, yeah. put it in the garage, slap that it on thing there, out and go. But um, let me be clear: I'm not recommending he go and buy construction grade timber from Home Depot. Um, he needs to get a very specific. He needs to go to hardwoodtogo.com slash rubo. There you go. And buy a workbench pack because that's what I'm talking about. That's okay. the better I mean, quality stuff. It, yeah, it's a better quality stuff. Technically, that uh, I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because it's listed as a kiln dried material. But timbers that big, they're not kiln dried all the way through. Um, you end up causing real problems if you try to kiln dry it all the way through. It's kiln dried to two inches deep and it's around 15 to 18 percent in the center there. So there's I love, quite a, I love a, a moist of, center, a moist gooey center. Yes, a nice moist gooey center. <laughs> um, but I mean, we ship this stuff up and down the East Coast, and it's used in exterior stuff all the time. So I mean, I think I think he'll be perfectly fine. Um, are there any not? I mean, thinking outside the box, are there any other materials he might be able to make the top out of? You know, that might be a little bit more suitable for the outdoors, like. Can he go, you know, get a... Um, Where's Diami? Like, Call Diami up real quick. He's yeah, like tracks. the timber strand guy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Some sort of uh, manufactured product. Or, or I'm just thinking, is there yeah. anything other than than what we're thinking is the obvious stuff that, that he might be able to, to use? You know, something like LVL. Wouldn't that be really resistant? I mean, it's mostly epoxy anyway, right? So right. <laughs> there's got to be something. Yeah. Well, um, and that's actually... you Chris, mentioned Chris, email, uh, what is it? Penultimateworkshop at gmail.com. Yeah. Diami Plotky's your man. Diami He's Diami. like the the roof construction guy, knows all kinds of stuff about this weird. He's going to say just uh, slather it with some tar and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that there what roof are. guys do? <laughs> they play with tar. Okay, uh, next email here is from Aaron, and we'll just hit this one real quick. We actually answered his uh, answered this over email um, a couple weeks ago, but he says, I recently installed a three-speed Rikon air cleaner in the basement. Due to low ceiling height, I screwed it directly to the floor joists. Yes, you can see where this is going. Uh, the, the, the floor fell in? I'm not sure <laughs> what. I wasn't sure where it was going. 
Needless to say, the entire first floor shakes when I turn it on. Any suggestions <laughs> on how to keep Sorry. it cl- how to keep it that's, close to the ceiling? That's probably not funny to him, but that really makes me laugh. Yeah, uh, and isolate the vibration. I was thinking maybe some rubber strips or some sort of springs keep up the good work. Now, did that's totally um, something I would have done. <laughs> now we didn't get any feedback <laughs> on our on our options that we we suggested, but I think both Matt and I came to the same conclusion that we would just kind of. You know, it is low, but you should probably, at the very least, install like an eye bolt and have it connected with some sort of an S hook. Exactly. Uh, you know, so that it's not directly, I mean, you're still going to transfer vibration into the floor joist, but it might be reduced in that situation. And he, he said something along the lines that that's what he was trying or what he was going going to try, but we haven't heard back on whether or not there was much improvement. Um, do right. we have any other suggestions for what he might be able to do? No, because that's exactly what I've done, and I've had no issues. And my my uh, air cleaner is directly below where my wife stands when she's uh, typically watching TV in the kitchen or occasionally when she's warming up something in the microwave. And I have yet to hear one thing. And I know for a fact that there is by no means whatsoever is our floor joist for the kitchen somehow rock solid. There is just no way. <laughs> I walk across it and I feel like I'm like, you know, in some sort of bounty house or something. <laughs> so if if the way that I have it with the eye hooks is not affecting it, then that seemed to work out perfectly for us. So I, I imagine I, I that just seems to be the way to go. Yeah, it seems like it would well, do the trick. I have I have um let's see, I have eight foot ceilings at the front of the garage, the front of the shop, and it like gets to about seven and a half feet at the back of the because the you know the slab is angled for water runoff. Um and I I didn't want to mount it on the ceiling because I'm six foot four and I could just see that happening. <laughs> really not good. I mounted it to the wall. Um so it is, and there are, there are, I got the jet one and it came with the chains that you can mount it to the ceiling with eye bolts and it came with these little like right angle brackets because mm-hmm. uh, it said this is another option that you could mount it um, directly to the ceiling or directly to the wall. Mm-hmm. So um, when I turn it on, if you're in our guest room, which is the room directly above the shop, you can hear like there's no vibration. You can hear it. Um, but I think that's mainly because there's an air register that like goes right down on top of it sure you can't feel anything at all sure sure so there there's another option you might try putting it on the wall not a bad Um, idea i don't know if that's you know if there's no wall space or not it does take up a lot of wall space which is kind of a pain Hmm. well that's that's definitely a couple of good suggestions hopefully you know if he's already got everything ready to go in a ceiling mount the you know using some sort of hooks will will do the trick but if not hey use the wall Okay, uh, we have a third email, but we also have a lot of other stuff to get to. Do we want to save yeah. this email for next time? Or Absolutely. We can easily skip right over this one. Not yeah. that we're saying that it's not important, but yeah, let's get to some of this other stuff we have yeah. going on. Sorry, Julian. We'll get to your, your email next time. All right, we do have a voicemail. I failed to send this to you guys ahead of time from our buddy Roberto, who's no longer mm-hmm. in New Mexico, which is pretty interesting. So uh, let's mm-hmm. have a listen okay. to his dilemma. Hey guys, how's it going? It's uh, Roberto calling from Illinois, actually. I've moved from New Mexico to Illinois, and it's actually one of my questions is, now that I'm in a state where I have really high humidity instead of New Mexico where I had pretty much nothing, what should I look for in the furniture that I'm building? Does it depend on the wood species or climatizing to my shop, or how does that work? Because in New Mexico, I would just kind of buy the wood get it plain and get to work on the wood uh, project that I was working on. Um, so let me know if I have to look for anything specifically. Thanks. Okay. Did you guys hear that? 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So in this situation, I mean, I'm I'm curious, and this is something I've flip flopped on over the years. I used to be a big believer in no matter where you are, taking the lumber home, letting it acclimate to the environment, and uh, sort of let the uh, any extra moisture leave or uh, ambient moisture get into the wood if it's drier. Um, but then over the years, I just saw a number of things, and I, I think it was Glenn Glenn Huey had a big uh, video out there that kind of made a few waves. Um, and I've heard other people test this uh, theory later, and that is you don't really even have to worry about it at all as long as you mill your lumber evenly and remove the same amount of wood from both sides. You're going to sort of maintain a balance uh, in those boards and have uh, you don't really have any possibility of um, warping or anything, or at least less possibility. So I'm curious where where you guys stand on this. Do you just, especially being in more moist climates than I am, do you just uh, grab the lumber and go, or do you actually give it a, a certain amount of time to just get you know acclimate to the environment? For myself, I usually give it a little bit of time, but only because of one reason, which is I'm usually exhausted by the time I get it down the stairs. <laughs> I'm so and tired. The shop and I need to take a week off. There's just no reason I should be working power tools when I am that tired. <laughs> but even with that kind of uh, out of the way, I usually do just kind of give it a day or so, but I have been known to get impatient and just go down there and start working. Yeah. The only time that I really ever will consider um, letting it set longer than a, a, a day or two is if I know for a fact that the climate that it was stored in is mm-hmm. drastically different than what my basement is. Right. You right. know, because other than that, I pretty much, you know, I, I have given lip service to the, I'm going to let it set for a week or two. And then in actuality, uh, a day after I brought it home, I'm down there working on it already, at least cutting it up into shorter pieces to get ready to start milling it kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so again, unless it's really drastically different for how it was stored and how it is in my shop, I really don't pay that close of attention to it. It's it, The one thing for me is when we actually mill the pieces and we start cutting it, that's when I really start thinking more about wood movement, uh, especially given what what season it is. You know, do I need to think smaller? Do I need to think bigger? Is it it already swelling now or is it already shrinking? Right. Yeah. In terms of joinery. But I mean, I I mean, honestly, I don't think there's going to be he's going to find that much of a difference um, because from from. Uh, the dry Southwest to where he is now, mainly because um, we all have air conditioning. You know, we all have climate controlled homes. So yeah, it may be humid outside, but wherever that furniture is going to live is going to be in a pretty constant environment. Um, Now it's going to be, if he were to compare, you know, like the furniture he built in New Mexico and he moved to Illinois, um, yeah. that'd be interesting yeah. to watch yeah. and see what happens. But, you know, as long as he's buying his lumber locally and if he's not buying his lumber locally, then he's giving it, as Matt said, the lip service of, you know, one to two weeks, depending on where it came from. And and Matt said this as well, not just where it came from, but how it was stored. Most lumber yards are open to the elements. You know, it's very difficult to store lumber in a climate controlled environment, mm-hmm. unless you have, you know, a hundred board foot inventory, they're stored in sheds. Um, most of them are, are called tea sheds. They look just like a tea. They're open on both sides and there's a roof over top to keep the, you know, the moisture off, but they're open to the elements to, for the air to circulate through the, the humidity and moisture and everything changes. So, um, you know, if it's been sitting outside in the lumber yard and you bring it into your basement, which is maybe more constant, or you bring it into a climate controlled environment, then yeah, I think you should give it a little bit of time to 
to overcome the culture shock. But, you know, once that, that acclimation has happened, um, you know, you need to give it more time to acclimate dependent upon the, the, the difference in that environment. You know, if you buy lumber online from the, the Northwest, you know, something like, um, what are those guys up in Oregon? Cook Woods that has all that really crazy exotic stuff because I've bought from them before and I bring it out to the East Coast. You have to think about, you know, it's it's a lot wetter there. Um, it's still pretty humid here on the East Coast, but it also sat in a UPS truck um, all the way across the country and heated in a steel box all the way across the country. So it's it's a little, it's a little confused. So just give it some time and yeah. really... I don't think you're going to have any issues. Well, and that's in terms of, you know, lumber, bringing in new lumber. So what about yeah. in terms of, of building? Because I think this is something we never really talk about much, but um, depending on where you are, where the furniture is going, and, and like you said, you had mentioned, Shannon, that if you're building something for something in your city, in your neighborhood, uh, generally we all have similar conditions. So there's not too much to worry about right. in terms of uh, expansion and contraction. But for me, uh, in most cases, if I'm building something, most times of the year, I'm building with expansion in mind because generally it's only going to get more humid if you go away from here. And even different times of the year, it might get more humid. But right. if I'm building in, you know, Southern California, let's say I'm, I'm and this happened with a recent project I, I built at the William Ng School uh, when I made William's coffee table. I was talking to him about it and I said, you know, that top is going to shrink on me. He's like, well, it's not going to be that much, right? You know, and I'm like, well, (laughs) let's just see what happens. So I built it to spec. And the problem was now I can even show you a picture Uh, a year later, the uh, splines, it was a green and green project. So the ebony splines are now skewed out. They were forced out of the breadboard on the end because the table in the center shrunk down and the design did not allow for that much uh, shrinkage to occur. Um, do they know about shrinkage? Um, <laughs> Only you know. with really cold water. <laughs> so so this is something I'm curious if you guys do. When when you're building, clearly it depends on the time of year and, and the weather, but do you generally think in terms of, okay, I'm going to allow an expansion gap uh, versus, or do you start thinking, okay, well, this, this board may very well shrink on me. So um, how much attention do you guys pay to that stuff? Yes. I, 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 pay, yes, to I pay quite a bit. In fact, that's the one thing is I really do have to pay close attention. Or This is actually a, a, a thing that has gotten me in trouble before with how I've stretched projects out with, oh, yeah, I can have that done in a month. And meanwhile, three months later, I'm finally finishing it up. And I've had it where I start out with exactly where it is thinking, okay, I'm in, I'm in the summer, so this is when everything is swollen. So if I have my measurements now, I don't need to worry about this so much because this is as big as it's going to get. So I'm fine you know, to, to, to go right to my, the dimensions I was talking about. Right. But then because I've taken so long, now I've gotten to the point where things are starting to cool down. The wood starts to contract and still in my mind somehow I'm thinking, oh, I'm still fine with these dimensions. So I continue building it. And then by the time it comes back around this summer, again the next year it's like hey i can't get these drawers open what's wrong with this oh it's because your tv's on top of it and it's pushing too much weight down and compressing everything (laughs) let me work on that you know it's kind of a i always have great you know ideas like that when it comes to explaining things but yeah i'm very very conscious even in a climate controlled home we keep the air on quite a bit in the summer even in a climate controlled home i still really have to pay close attention 
to the dimensions I'm working with because I'll, all I need to know is if I have to push that much harder to close my bedroom door, then whatever it is I'm building is going to swell just like that. So that's always a constant reminder for me. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. I mean, in the middle of winter, you know, around here, everybody's always, you know, oh, my God, I've got such dry skin, you know, because we're so used to the humidity. And, um, you know, unless you have an actual humidifier on your forced air system, um, that is going to change. But personally, I, I very rarely pay attention to it. I've got a formula that has allowed me to figure it out. It's actually in this drawer right now. Let me, damn it, get it out. Oh, <laughs> oh I get All it. It's right. a visual it's a gag. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> sound effects. Sorry, sound <laughs> effects. Anyway, no, you have to pay very close attention to it. Um, because it, it, it will, it will change. I mean, yeah. and when it comes to moving parts, um, drawers and things will get stuck. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you just, uh, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess in Arizona, yeah, it just never changes. Does it? It does. You know, uh, the thing is in the late summer we have monsoon and that's when the humidity picks up and everybody freaks out and starts to swell, um, <laughs> because we're like raisins with no moisture and suddenly we turn into plums. Um, but it's what is this drippy stuff? Yeah, uh, raisins. It would be grapes, right? It's prunes that turn into plums, right? Or vice versa. Anyway, um, what I would recommend for Roberto is to go to woodshopwidget.com, and I don't know if you guys remember me talking about that. It's an iPhone app, and uh, uh, use it every day. Yeah, Kenneth uh, did a really great job getting that thing uh, going. But it's a very simple little app, and you could use it right on the the website. There, there is a wood wood movement calculator. Uh, and you can actually uh, specify the cut that you have, the humidity. You can go by measured moisture content and find out how much boards are going to move. And that's really, really helpful in knowing. Uh, it's also helpful to know what your general seasonal profile in your area is in terms of what the typical moisture contents and relative uh, humidity is during a particular time of year. And you can kind of help uh, use that to help gauge what's going to happen with the pieces you're building. All right, so what else do we have here? We've got, uh, well, let's do some iTunes reviews. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, shoot. We got Tom's tip. Let's listen to that real fast. We have a Tom's hey. tip? Wow. Yeah, Tom's tip for show 99. Somebody finally found Tom for us. I know. He's, he's so busy over there <laughs> with his, he actually, I'm not going to tell you what he said because he used it, uh, an expletive in his email when he sent this to me because <laughs> we gave him <laughs> crap about not uh, not doing stuff for us. <laughs> because he's so busy with Modern Woodworkers Association. <laughs> hey, all right, sorry about that, Tom. Here we go. Tom's tips. That's right, I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. Tom's lips. I said Tom's tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. There's this pretty awesome stuff that can be found in nearly every workshop. It can serve as a very thin shim if you have to shim out a jig to make that perfect cut. It can keep wood from slipping on a jig. Got rust on a tool and you need to get it off? Reach for it. Jar lid stuck on because I'm finished riding the threads? Wrap this stuff around that stubborn lid and voila! It can sharpen your blades to a razor edge. Oh, and if you're done using your sandpaper for those uses, I hear it's also good for smoothing rough wood. Are you looking for a good time? Yeah. That involves woodworking? Mm -hmm. Hey, who isn't? You can connect with woodworkers from around the corner or around the world at the Wood Talk Online community. Just visit woodtalkonline.com and let the fun begin. Thanks for that wonderful tip, Tom. That's welcome a, back, Tom. Yeah, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you could I, take some time out to uh, you know spend some time with your buddies here. 
Yeah, yeah it would have been funny if we if you would have just accepted it and then thrown it away. I don't need that. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's Tom'sWorkbench.com. If you want to hear more rants and uh, raving things from Tom, he's kind of a nut, but he's a great guy. Uh, he's Tom's, our nut. Tom, yeah, he's kind of a nut, but he's our nut. He's Tom'sWorkbench.com. And uh, interesting tip there: using sandpaper as a, a shim and uh, use it to kind of grip work pieces and jigs. Great idea. Definitely. Okay, now we go to the iTunes reviews. These are all five-star reviews left to us by the the kind and adoring public out there. Uh, let's see. We've got quite a few this time. This whole this whole iTunes podcasting thing is catching on, guys. Yeah, I, wow. I heard something about the kids are doing this. This yeah. is kind of neat. It's definitely you know, cool. I, I have to say, actually, um, as, as another around the web, our, our co-host Mark actually wrote a very touching – post on his personal blog oh about the night with Mateo. And, you know, it was really well written. I oh think you God. should look into this podcasting thing, Mark. You think? I think you've got a real future in blogging and podcasting. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, well, you know what you I actually did? Up. I outsourced that to India and had someone else write it for me and just kind of posted <laughs> okay. it. Somebody just claiming to have the name Mark. <laughs> yeah. I elanced that project. Um, uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was uh, it was a moving evening and I figured it's, sometimes, see, that's what the personal blog is good for. There's just times where you feel like talking about something that has nothing to do with woodworking and has no business being on, you know, on your website. So you just have to have another place to put that crap. Man, I bet if I had one, I'd be like in divorce right now. <laughs> so speaking of divorce, that I know. <laughs> speaking of divorce, um, maybe we'll run to that one first. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let yeah, me start boy. with that one. Umbria, Bob, am I pronouncing that right? Umbria? Um, Works for me. Umbria. Yeah. He says uh, the title of this review is actually a long one. I'll try to read it quickly. The motivation that this podcast creates might cause a divorce. All right. He says the problem, normally these reviews are short. This one is long. The problem with this podcast is that after a while, you might feel obligated to pull your woodworking weight and actually try to keep up with the host, which will require a certain amount of time that you may or may not have. If it becomes a compulsive need, you will generally need to seek professional help, which in my case was an attorney. But that is another story, and I wanted to discuss this podcast. Mark, Matt, and Shannon are all cool, and yet each is entirely different. They have a tremendous amount to offer, and if, you li- if you're like me, we'll be able to relate to and appreciate each one of them in a specific way. My principal source of income is not derived from woodworking, but this podcast gave me the drive that I was missing to actually take a chance and try to have a go at putting my skills up for profit, and it seems to be paying off. Wow. We don't we don't normally recommend doing that, but no. No <laughs> I'm glad it's working for you. I haven't even done that. Is this the right show? You sure? Is he talking about us? Uh, anyway, the biz, uh, the difference between this podcast and others is that this seems to be more incidental and not so much of a lecture. They offer a tremendous amount of information, and yet they are very honest in their own preferences, opinions, and abilities, so they never seem to be either preaching or so forcibly convinced of any one solution that the discussion then degenerates into a long-winded diatribe of absolutes. Each of the host has his own podcast and there are web pages and guilds as well you know what i don't want to read too much because we pat ourselves enough on the back on on the show sometimes so thank you i just think it's funny that he calls our show incidental yeah i call that no planning yeah we just call that getting getting things done uh, yeah, thank you very much for that, Bob. We appreciate it. Uh, another quick one here from Michael Ingram. Even though some of the, oh, it's called informative and fun. Even though some of the concepts go over my head, I'm just getting started. I have learned a lot. These guys keep me entertained and informed. Now I just need to learn to keep sawdust off the couch before my fiance kills me and buries my body in the backyard. 
Ooh, yikes. <laughs> All right. Well, they, she at least gives us a heads up on what's going to be up for sale as soon as the body's in the ground. That's true. One of those neighborhood garage sales. <laughs> there you go. We'll be All there. right. So we have another one. This one's from Jeff Branch, and it's titled, I'd give them 10 stars if I could. I subscribe to many podcast, many different podcasts. Mark, Matt, and Shannon are the best. I learn something with every show and have a lot of fun listening along. Like others have done, I am going I'm going to go back to the first podcast and work my way through all of them. Long live Wood Talk. Let me say no. No. You should just stop. Just enjoy them from this point <laughs> Don't forward. Don't do that. Yeah. Otherwise, Jeff, you'll come back and take away the five stars. Jeff, Mark spells his name with a C. There's no K in it. Dude, I don't even notice that anymore. Oh, that's, that's the other Wood Talk show. That's the last time we read your review. After 35 years of being spelled M-A-R-C, you get used to that. There are three N's in my name too, Jeff. I was always Max for some reason. Apparently I don't talk very well. Actually, I like when people call you Tom. Like on the last show. <laughs> okay, Shannon. That was awesome. Yeah, wasn't that great? <laughs> Can I just tell you, it's kind of fun to sit out. You know, granted, I was really sick, but it, this is actually a very entertaining show. You know, when you're not when you're not on it. Well, you guys you, ruined my chance for that last week. It was yeah, your opportunity. I, I'm I'm normally the one at the home base here that I I'm in every show, but uh, I was hoping you guys would do one without me. But so much for yeah. that. <laughs> when you listen to it, you know, when you're in it, you kind of listen to it with more of a critical eye uh, or ear rather. Yeah. Um, but it's actually quite fun. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to skip out on this more often. Oh, man. Anyway, anyway do you want to read some more here or yeah. are we done? Hit the next one. It's yours. All right. I don't know if this is an L or an I, so I'm going to say Lashin. Lashin. Iachin. Iacane. I like Iacane. We're going to call him Iacane. powder. I'd bet my life on it. He titles this an astonishing source of woodworking information. This is going to be good. I think this is a well-balanced <laughs> source of information for the new woodworker all the way to the seasoned woodworker. These guys do a great job of just talking wood and tools with the audience. I've never sensed any of the guys having an attitude of superiority and they are genuinely want to learn more themselves and pass along what they know. That's not always easy to pull off in a podcast, but these guys do that well. They tend to make each podcast sound like you'd be a discussion you're having with your own buddies standing around your table saw discussing what's next or how to finish what you've started. Nice. Well, thank you, Aya Kane. That's what we I go appreciate for. appreciate that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to uh, kill the Sicilian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Um, <laughs> you want a peanut? <laughs> Matt, you want to hit right. that last one? Yep. And this one's from Steve tilling and it says great show as a hobbyist woodworker i spend more time out of the shop than in it this show is a great way to feel like i'm in the shop throughout the day great show with great information so thanks steve i couldn't agree more awesome you know and and i strategically put these at the end of the show because i don't you know i don't want to make it sound like we're always uh looking to compliment ourselves that's why we're reading what other people write uh but we do want to kind of give people a little shout out when they take the time to give us a a five-star review in itunes and if you're not interested in hearing us pat ourselves on the back just don't listen to the last five minutes of every show. You'll be fine. There you go. All right. Unless so, we do like the Marvel trick. Sorry, I went and saw the Avengers last night. Ooh. Always got to wait through the credits. Man. Well, yeah, Some we plan cool to have shows up. at the very end, uh, spoiler if you haven't seen Avengers, uh, but we do plan at the very end to have a segment of the three of us eating sandwiches into our microphones. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, should be pretty good. Um, so, yeah, with all that, we are going to close this one out. And believe it or not, the next show is show number 100. And uh, thank, wow. thanks for reminding me to mention this, Shannon. What we're going to try to do, I don't know how successful this is going to be, probably not at all, 
Uh, we're going to try to call it incidental. It might be incidental. Yes. We're going to have a little call in show. So if you have Skype or if you want to use our call in number, which is Matt, that would be six, two, three, two, four, two, five, one, eight, zero. Okay. So when we do the show, if you don't have access to Skype, you can actually call with a regular phone line. And uh, that's a little bit harder because obviously you're not, you know, you might be away from the computer to make the call. Uh, but either way, we'll try to pull in as many calls as uh, we can. The Skype name is Wood Talk Online. So if you guys want to come chat with us and uh, celebrate the 100 episodes of Wood Talk Online Radio and all of its many forms and various configuration of hosts. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite an adventure, 100 episodes. That's, that's 100 episodes, man. And just to think, that very first one, I was thinking, yeah, whatever. This isn't going to last. <laughs> well, I was like, hey, Matt, you're a podcaster, too. Let's do one together. And you're like, okay. Okay, let's do that. That sounds like fun. We really sounded like that, too. That sounds good, Mark. It, ah! Yeah, it was, it was just like that. Wow, I'm glad I came along later. Dude, <laughs> the, the first episode, bad. I've listened to that a couple times. To to. Oh my goodness, it's it's bad. <laughs> uh, so you know what? Maybe we'll even like go back and listen to the intro of the first one, where we were basically like reading a script. That's right, Matt. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> you are so right, Mark. And we should talk about this instead, yeah. Matt. Oh, you my turn. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, with that, thank you for listening, everyone, and we hope to catch you next time. Yes. Take care. Bye bye. That's great. You just sounded like the slacker who's who's not even taken apart. (laughs) Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.